Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you. I do thank you for utterance. I thank you, Father God, for enabling me to get out what I have in me. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I will be um, sharing some things on, on praying in the Holy Ghost tomorrow. So you have to come back tomorrow. But um, l- last week, I woke up really early, and I was just kind of laying there, hope, you know, waiting to drift back off to sleep. And I heard on the inside, divine encounters bring divine impartations. And when that, I just, it just like floated up from the inside. And I thought, okay, that's for, that's for the meeting in, in California. So I thought, all right, all right, that's, that's a good start. That's the title. That's the whatever. So now what, you know? So throughout uh, the rest of the week and um, the last few days, I've just been meditating on that. Divine encounters bring divine impartations. And obviously that's the theme of this meeting is impartations. And last night was so good. Wow. The Holy Ghost showed up. And there were impartations that were taking place throughout you know, there's different ways to receive impartations. People were getting healed um, just by God coming. But you created the atmosphere for God to come. And so uh, there were impartations taking place. But um, so when I got that, when it dropped in me, I, like I said, I started meditating on it. And being the good little uh, preacher's kid, you know, they always said that the deacon's kids are what got the preacher's kids in trouble. So... <laughs> So, um, you know, I grew up, I was saved when I was four years old and have walked with God all my life. You know, I used to hear people share their testimony and I used to think, I don't really have a testimony. I just was in church my whole life. And I thought, you know, someone said to me once, you have the best testimony of all. You've walked with him since you were four years old. And so, um, so I was, I grew up in church, obviously, since my daddy was the pastor and Sunday school, we had Sunday school in those days. And so I had put in me from an early age, the Bible stories, just, you know, all the Bible stories. And uh, I was so thankful for it more now than even then. But I realized one day, you know what? Those stories are not just bedtime stories. They're not stories to read your kids before they go to sleep. They don't fall into the same category as Mary had a little lamb or uh, uh, the three stooges or (laughs) some more bedtime stories. Obviously, I didn't have kids, so I didn't tell bedtime stories. (laughs) I love Lucy, you know. So, but I realized that those stories that are in the word of God happen to real life people, people just like us. Real life stories, real life experiences happen to real life people and we can learn from what happened then now because we're still real life people. And so divine encounters bring divine impartations. So I started thinking about it. I thought about Noah. Noah, the message translation, this is how they, this is what they say about Noah. He was a good man and a man of integrity in his community and Noah walked with God. That was the description of Noah. And I thought, ooh, that's so good. May, pe- may we have that same reputation. Amen. Being a good person, a person of integrity, and a person that walks with God. That means he had encounters with his presence. You can't walk with God and not encounter his presence. And so in those encounters, God began to talk to him, began to give him some specific instructions on building this thing called an ark because there was a flood coming. Mm -hmm. Well, just think about it. No one had ever seen a flood. 
No one even knew what a flood was. It had never rained. So can you imagine his mind going, what? You want me to do what? And what's coming? But he knew the voice of God because he had walked with him. He knew God. He knew his presence. And so he made the choice. You know, it's always a choice. He made the choice to obey. Now, I guarantee you his friends thought he was nuts. They probably said, Noah has gone off the deep end. Noah's got, mm, you know, he's gone crazy. Watch out for Noah. He's down there building this thing because he said something's coming. I have no idea what he's talking about. And I don't think he knows what he's doing either. You can just imagine all the, 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 the chatter that was going on about Noah. But you know what? Noah had heard from God. He knew God because he walked with them. He'd had encounters with him. And God came and gave him specific instructions. And so he, he built the ark. And the flood came. And he and his family were saved. That one encounter brought an impartation of wisdom which resulted in divine protection. How many times has, uh, through the years has God tried to warn us about things? I was thinking about this and I can remember just numerous things through the years that we've got a plan. We're set on this plan. All of a sudden God interrupts that plan and says, nope, you don't need to go there. You don't need to do that. You say, well, what happened? Nothing happened because we obeyed. We changed our plans. Numerous, I can't even tell you, numerous times through the years we've done that. Did it make sense? Nope, didn't always make sense. But we knew God, we knew his voice. And if he said, take a turn, don't do it, don't go there, we obeyed. And here we are. So uh, divine divine encounters will bring divine impartations. Then I thought about Abram. God came and he said he appeared to him. God appeared to him and said to him, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to bless you like you've never been blessed. And he said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He didn't have any kids. How is that going to happen? Don't you know his, I'd have thought the same thing. What? You're going to do what? But he said, I'm going to make you. And he says, and in fact, I'm going to go ahead and change your name to Abraham, which meant father of many nations. So every time somebody called his name, Abraham. They were calling him, hey, father of many nations. They were calling those things which be not as though they were. They were calling into existence what God said was going to happen. And so that God encounter caused Abraham to have a divine insight into his future. Need direction? Get in the presence of God. We don't have to have a, a visitation. An appearance of God to come and talk with us and appear to us. Because we've got his word. He said in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. We get into the word. We get into his presence through prayer. And that direction will come. He's not hiding it from us. In fact, Jeremiah 33 says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Anybody need direction? Are there areas that you, you know what? I could, whoo, I could, I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. He said... He'll show us those things that we don't know. He's looking for no-nots. Are you a no-not? You don't have to go through life as a no-not, but if you're a no-not, you qualify. He said, I'll show you great and mighty things which you know it's not. He's not going to necessarily appear to you. Can't count on that. Can't look for that. But I'm telling you what, you get in his word, he'll show you. You get in his presence, you'll have a divine encounter. That divine encounter will be a divine impartation that will give you direction that will affect the rest of your life. So then I got thinking about Moses. 
Moses had an encounter with the presence of God through a burning bush. The Bible tells us he was on the backside of the desert. You wonder what he was doing back there? He had ran for his life because he killed an Egyptian. He wasn't back there waiting on God. He was hiding. (laughs) He ran for literally for his life. But you know what? We can't hide. We can't run. Doesn't matter where you go. God's got your address and he can find you. And so God spoke to him out of a burning bush, out of the fire. God is an all-consuming fire, but he didn't consume that bush. Can you imagine walking along, all of a sudden you hear a voice out of a burning bush. Moses? Got his attention. He encountered that bush and God began to speak to him. He said, I want you to go back and I want you to deliver my people out of Egypt. Now he freaked. Because he's like, wait, I can't go back. They'll kill me. He began giving all the excuses. It's amazing. He came up with so many excuses. Why he couldn't do what God was asking him to do. How many of us had done the same thing? I can't do that. Are you kidding? I want you to go to the nations. I'm afraid to fly. (laughs) I want you to get involved in your church. Well, I don't have time. I only go once a month as it is. Well... Moses' excuses didn't hold water. Ours don't either, by the way. It says the anger of the Lord was stirred against Moses. Don't want God mad at us. Don't want, him, don't want God ticked at us. But he says in those encounters with God, he received specific instructions. Specific instructions of how to go back and rescue the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he did it. He obeyed. And you know, you know the rest of the story. Well, later on, um, Moses was walking, walking with God, listening, leading the children of Israel out. And uh, he went up into the mount, mountain to pray, to, to meet with God. It says he was up there for 40 days. And it says when he came down, that his, his face, the skin on his face glowed. Think about that. He was in the presence of God for 40 days. And when he came down, I mean, others saw it. Talked to the people, saw it, and they were like, what is going on? Why is his face shining? Divine encounter brought about a divine impartation. The presence of God changed his very countenance. Divine impartations will change your countenance. To where people around you will go, ooh, wow, wow, wow. I remember years ago, I was having lunch with a friend. We were sitting there and we were in a booth and we were just hadn't seen each other in a while. And we were just talking and talking and talking and, you know, catching up and laughing. And, and this uh, waiter walked by our table and um, say, you know, Pastor Mark and Pastor Brenda are, are us. And so I was, you know, Brenda. And so the waiter walks by, and this is what the waiter does. <laughs> Literally bent over and stared at me in the face as he walked by. And I said to my friend, do I have something in my teeth? Yeah, what's going on? She goes, no. And I'm like, that was strange. So, but you know what? People are strange. So we just kept right on going, talking, acting, you know. So a little bit later, our waitress came by. 
She said, excuse me, I hope you didn't mind, but I told my friend, he just needed to go by your table and look at you because I've never seen anybody so happy. <laughs> I said, well, it's the joy of the Lord. So this week, Brenda and I, Pastor Brenda and I are, are doing what girls do and we're going in and out of shops. You know, we took a couple days to be with them to celebrate her birthday, which I told her she needs to celebrate all month because that's what I do. So this is her birthday month. So that means Pastor Mark's going to get her presents every day of the month. I tried that with my husband last March. It didn't work, but maybe it'll work for you. (laughs) But, um, so we go into this shop. And the lady, who we later found out was the owner, she's there, you know. And, and so we're just looking around and we're just being us, which we're very happy when we're together. We laugh a lot. And so we're just looking and laughing and looking and laughing. Finally, she says to us, why are you so happy? What you on? What you on? What you want? And we looked at it. We're like, who are you talking about? We were the only ones in the whole store. And we just laughed. We said, ah, ha, 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 you know. So about five months later, she says, what are you on? Why are y'all so happy? She didn't say y'all. Why are, y'all so, why are you so happy? And we were like, you know what? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And she was, ah, ha, ha, you know. And so we just kept right on going. She, I don't know how many times she said it to us. We were in there for about 30 minutes, but in the entire, I'll say this, the entire time we were in there, not one person came into that store. We didn't realize it till later. We thought, now that was supernatural in itself because about after the fourth or fifth time of her saying it, uh, she was sitting on a stool and we said, um, so it, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And she says, oh, I'm a Christian. And we said, but have you ever asked Jesus in your heart? Have you ever confessed him as your Lord? And she goes, mm, I'm not sure. Pastor Brenda says, well, if you're hesitating, then that means you haven't. And so why don't you just pray with us? She says, okay, pray for me. I mean, like, go for it. So we prayed. She, she, she prayed a prayer with us, you know, repeated after us. And um, we got her born again. Amazing. Amazing. Easiest thing ever. So see, God is into shopping. (laughs) It is his will that you shop. (laughs) But she, she, the whole thing that opened up the door was the joy. That's not normal. The world doesn't have joy. They may have moments of happiness, but they don't have joy. It doesn't matter what's going on. When you, when you are filled with God, when you've had encounters with his presence, there will be an impartation of joy that is in you and will show up through you regardless of what you're going through. The psalmist David said, why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. He's the health of your countenance. I can look at people and tell if they're going through a hard time. It's their countenance. It gets affected. He is the health of your countenance. Encounter 
Encounters with the presence of God will affect your countenance. Encounters with the presence of God will affect your physical body. I love the story of Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed we go. To bed we go. No. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Always love that story. And if, just to refresh you, in case you don't remember it or you never heard it, it's a story about three Hebrew boys. King Nebuchadnezzar made a decree that when the music played, every man had to bow down and worship the golden cow. Now, these are three Hebrew children. When the music, and if they didn't, they were going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. That was the consequence. Well, when these three boys refused, they were called before the king, and the king said to them, What part of my decree do you not get? And their reply was, Our God, whom we serve, he will deliver us from the furnace, and he'll deliver us from your hand. Which that was not the reply the king was looking for. And so it says that the king ordered the furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than normal. And he instructed the boys to be bound up in their clothes, bound them up, and thrown in. And it says that the men that threw them in the furnace died because of the heat. That's crazy. The men that threw them in died because of the heat. So the king waited a little while and then he said he came and he, he looked in and he said, I thought we had, I thought we threw three boys in there. He says, but I see four. They're walking around loose and the fourth looks like the son of God. A divine encounter, divine encounter, a divine encounter. God showed up. But that's not the end of the story. The king called the boys to come out. And it says that when they did, their bodies had no burns. Their clothes were intact. No smell of smoke on them. Not even a hair of their head was singed. So I say a head of their hair. Not even a hair of their head was singed. Supernatural. Supernatural. An encounter brought a supernatural impartation of divine protection. It doesn't matter the attack that's coming against you. We can walk through it without the smell of smoke. If you did it for them, he'll do it for us. They were real live people. We're live real people. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Shoot. Aren't these good stories? There's lots more, but we're going to fast forward to the new covenant. What about Paul, the Apostle Paul? He didn't start out as the Apostle Paul. He started out as Saul, the Christian killer. He had a reputation. He wasn't a good one. He started out as a killer of Christians. He had a mission. But he had an encounter. He had an encounter on that road. And that one encounter literally turned his life around to where he became the Apostle Paul, wrote a good portion of the New Testament, the letters. We live by them today. Supernatural, a supernatural encounter turned his life around. 
one encounter can result in supernatural impartations that will affect the entire direction of your life and turn some things around for you. Then you think about Mary. Young girl who was engaged to be married. Her world suddenly got shaken when she had a divine encounter with an angel. And the angel informed her that she had been chosen to be the mother of Jesus. And her reply was, well, um, I'm not quite sure I get how this is actually going to happen because I'm a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Ghost will come on you. Got this. This is, I don't even remember what translation I found this in. It says, the Holy Ghost will come on you and God will spread his power over you in a cloud of glory. The Holy Ghost will come on you and God will spread his power over you like a cloud of glory. Hallelujah. And you know what her response was? May everything you've told me come to pass. She didn't doubt. She didn't question anymore after that initial one. She believed what was spoken to her. And a divine encounter, a divine impartation resulted in the birth of Jesus. That impartation by the Holy Ghost. And you know what? He did it then. He'll do it again. He'll do it for you. There'll be times when you'll have an encounter with him. And he will cover you with his power. The Holy Ghost will come on you. He'll cover you with his power like a cloud of glory. There are times we need that. There are times we need that. I think back about a few years ago, we had a young lady in our church that was on the mission field. She'd go by herself. She worked with a pastor uh, in India. And we were in the middle of a... And we've, we always tell our, our ambassadors, we're holding on to the ropes. If you get in a situation, you tug on the rope and we'll pray. And in the middle of the service, Pastor Mark stopped. and He goes, you know what? I just feel impressed right now that we need to pray. And he named her name. He says, I don't know what's going on. I just feel, I just feel that we're to pray. And we began to pray for her. Later on, few days later, she, con- she communicated with her parents and we found out that she was in a very, very dangerous situation. Her life was in danger, but she, she was walking in a place probably she shouldn't have been walking at the time. She shouldn't have been there. But I'm telling you what, the Holy Ghost came on her and a cloud of his power and glory came over her and she made it home fine. The same girl was just a few... Right before, well, in July, she was back in that nation again. She was spending quite a bit of time there. And one night, one afternoon, actually, I had a a text pop up, and all it said was ropes from her. And it began to unfold. We began to get texts from her parents. And she was preaching in a village in India uh, that uh, was not probably open to the gospel. And so uh, she was in her, in her little place where she was staying in the afternoon and <clears throat> got a knock on the door. The pastor said, we have to leave now. We have to leave now. You pack or don't pack. We just have to go. 
And so the parents were texting us, keeping us informed, and there had been an arrest uh, or a, a, a warrant for her arrest. She was um, in an area that they call it proselyting, if you're preaching Jesus, because it's it's a very um, closed closed area of India. You're not allowed to preach Jesus at all. And word had gotten out, and they had gotten word that they were coming to get her. If they had gotten her, they would have thrown her into a jail, and none of us would have ever seen her before. And so she immediately she left everything. Immediately they left it at night. They or they started driving. They had to drive to a whole different area of India. Um, she had some connections for it. in a case of an emergency. She had someone higher up. Their number had said, "If you ever get in a situation, you need help. You call." She called. They made arrangements for her. Her parents were getting her on a flight. Long story short, she made it to the airport, left the country, left everything behind, left the country, and um, she made it home safe. But I don't doubt a bit. She said we were, we were going through the middle of the night. Areas, you know, didn't have any idea where I was. I just knew that they were trying to get me out of the country as soon as possible. We talked to her just uh, in the last week or so, and she said, I think my assignment uh, in India is up. But come to find out, probably a year ago, uh, she was praying with some, some other gals in our church, and they began to pray about a time when she would have to run for her life to escape, but she would be okay. The Holy Ghost was already on it. A year before this actually happened. I'm telling you what. Encounters bring divine impartations. Protection. Protection. Doesn't matter. Protection. Divine encounters bring supernatural impartations. But let's bring it up into the now. Looking back over my life. I see, I see times that were supernatural, divine encounters. I remember in 1974, I was a student, a Bible school student in Waxahachie, Texas. Yeah, we even ended up at the same school. Didn't know each other then. You left. When did you leave? I left in 73. 73, and I got there in 74. So, but this was, uh, so it was 1974. It was the fall bunch of uh, my classmates, it was right south of Dallas is where the school was, Assembly of God Bible School. Um, they said on a Friday night, said, we're going to, we're going to Dallas, uh, Tyler Street Methodist Church. There's this lady, uh, evangelist, that's going to be ministering. She goes in once a month and has healing and miracle services. You want to go? I thought, well, I don't have any plans. Sure, why not? And so a bunch of us piled in cars, and we carpooled up to Dallas. And um, we got, when we got there... It was a huge church. And when we got there, it was packed. So I remember we sat towards the back. All of us sat together on a row. And, um, and I had no idea what God had in store. So um, she came in and she began to minister. Uh, her name was Vicki Jamison Peterson. I don't know if you ever knew Vicki Jamison. And so um, I sat back there as an 18-year-old young girl at, at Bible school. And uh, I just was just, I didn't even know, I had no words. I had never seen the power of God in manifestation like I did that night. She just, she was so graceful. I wish I was great as graceful. She didn't yell and scream like I do. <laughs> but I'm me, that's exactly right. 
So, so she got up though, and she began to immediately. She stepped on the platform in her gracefulness and began to worship. Her pianist Sharon began to play, and they just began to worship. And what was happening is they were creating an atmosphere for God to move in by His presence. And as we worshipped and we worshipped and we worshipped, I'm telling you what, the presence of God filled that auditorium. And um, she began to call out things by word of knowledge, healings. She began to sing them out. Healings. And people were getting healed all over the auditorium. No one had to even lay hands on them. But they were getting healed one by one as she called out things. And I remember sitting there thinking, wow, 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 wow. (laughs) I remember at the end they had people come up that had been healed to share their testimony. And the line just was down the side. It It was incredible. As we left that night, um, I, rem- I can still remember it as if, as if it was yesterday. We're standing at the street corner at a red light waiting to cross the street to the parking lot where our car was. I remember standing on the corner. I was just gone, man. I was just like, whoa, what, what was that? I remember standing there. And I was just talking to the Lord in my heart. And I said, Lord, I'm not, I've never seen anything like this tonight. But I cannot go through life without it. Amen. It was a manifestation of his glory. His glory filled that place. Filled that place. And it birthed something in me. I had an encounter with the presence of God like I had never had before. And that birthed a hunger in me. Imparted a hunger in me for his presence. For his glory. To where I can't, I can't, I'm not satisfied with anything less. I remember I went home and I went back to the dorm and back in those days there were phone booths in the hall. So I got in line and waited for my turn to call my mom and dad. And I got my parents on the phone and I said, I have to tell you, I just experienced something that I've never experienced before. And I began telling them about the night. And I said, Daddy, I don't know how or where, but you got to find her. you got to track her down and you have to have her come to your church. It will, you just have to, trust me. My daddy did. He contacted her office. My dad was pastoring in Terre Haute, Indiana at the time. He had her come, uh, and more than once. And uh, she, would, she would just do what she did. And lives were changed. Bodies were healed. That those divine encounters had a direct effect on their physical bodies. Yes. But it changed them from the inside out change them from the inside out so then um, I graduated uh, after a couple years in uh, 77 I moved to Tulsa and um, went to enrolled in Rama Bible Training Center at the time and uh, I had the opportunity to audition for a singing group that was to travel with Brother Hagen. And so I did, and um, uh, got in the group, and so we began to practice, and we would go out on weekends uh, to promote the school. We were the you know, product, we were students, and so we would promote the school, and then uh, we would also travel with Brother Hagen and sing in his meetings. We did that during the school year, and then when the summer hit of 70, 70, 
78, yeah, summer of 78, we, we, we traveled with him all over. Uh, and we, we were traveling, meeting him at his meetings, and we would minister. And so I had um, the privilege of being right there, front row and center, actually front platform and center, uh, sitting, listening, being there when he would step into that prophet's office and prophesy, or when he would begin calling word of knowledge and people would begin getting healed. Uh, so much, so much. I know that I know and all of us in the group didn't take it lightly. We knew it was a, a God set up to have us in that group. And we were determined to get everything we could get. Those divine impartations. Yeah. I remember specifically camp meeting of 78. We were um, on the platform and Dad Hagen had preached on the glory that night. It was one of my favorite messages to hear him preach. And so at the end of the service... Uh, the group came up and he was getting ready to minister, do whatever he was going to do. And we were standing on the platform. And, and I remember he was saying, I can't live without the glory. Can't live without the glory. Can't live without the glory. And the group was just, we were standing on a straight line right behind him. And all I remember is I was like here, a friend of mine that was in the group was a few people down. She was on that end. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I was like, timber, blonk. I was down, just down, gone on the platform. It hit us both at the same time. It was a, like a, a sign. Both of us just literally went over and we flat on our, flat on our, actually flat on our sides on the platform. When, when I kind of realized what had happened and opened my eyes, I remember I was laying at the feet of Mom Hagen. Hi, Mom. <laughs> but it was one of those divine encounters that I knew that I knew something happened at that very moment. Mm -hmm. There was an impartation by the Holy Ghost. Man can't give you impartations. It's supernatural. It comes from the Spirit of God. I wasn't looking for an impartation from Dad Hagen. I was looking for impartations from the Spirit of God. But I knew that I knew at that very moment, again, something happened in me. There was a divine impartation and a divine encounter oh, yes. with the Spirit of God. Yes. Fast forward a number of years. Uh, well, we got married, actually, uh, that following February. And, um, and we began to travel on our own and minister and began to go to different churches. And we just you know, knew it was just time to launch out. And so we did. And, um, but a few years later down the road... Um, it's funny how things come around. We, uh, I don't even know how, thinking it through now, I can't even remember how, but we, we connected with, as I call her, Mama Vicky. She had moved to Tulsa. She was living in Tulsa. And uh, I don't know if it was at a meeting. It had to have been probably at a meeting. But we connected with her. And there was such a connection such a connection. In fact, uh, she was part of. She became part of our church, and she loved our church. She would tell us, "You're famous, just nobody knows it." <laughs> that was her favorite saying. Thanks, Mama. Appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, but we uh, we reconnected with her, you know. And here I am thinking, "Oh my Lord, it was her ministry that literally." started a, a huge turn yeah. in me. And, and now here we are. I know her. 
I mean, like we're having conversations. And so um, we began to do some meetings together. We had a meeting that we uh, were invited to do at a church in Michigan that we had gone through. I actually went to Raymond with the couple that was pastoring. But they invited us and Mama Vicky to come and do a joint meeting. So we had a music team that would travel with us. So I'll remember, I can still remember, uh, she, she was a funny lady. And so she, uh, well, actually my husband told her, he says, listen, let's make a deal. If I get something, I'll tell you. If I don't, you're it for the whole meeting, okay? Let's just, we knew we were there to, to, to learn. And we were there to see what God, God was up to something. And so in that meeting, um, I remember my husband sat on the end. I sat next to him, and then our whole music team sat next to me down the front row. So she would begin ministering, and she would begin sharing, and, and she just would just tell stories and talk and talk about the joy of the Lord and, and um, just like, like she would do. And so she would come, and she would stand on the, on the aisle, and she would put her hand on my husband's shoulder, and she'd just stand there with her hand on his shoulder. And she just never never quit talking, just kept telling, going with whatever she was going, and then she would just kind of walk down and she'd just lay her hand on my head, mm -hmm. just continuing to talk. Wow. And then she'd just continue and she'd go to the <laughs> next person on the team, mm -hmm. and then the next person on the team, never drawing attention to what she was doing, but she knew what she was doing. Mm -hmm. And so then she'd go, she did that, oh, night after night, mm -hmm. night after night. By about the second to the last night, we um, we went to and 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 things were happening. It was like the Holy Ghost came and just settled over oh, on the people. And um, you know, this was back in the move where it was a joy move, and uh, it was just so sovereign. But there would be different ones, and I remember you know people would just kind of roll out of their chairs. <laughs> You know, there were some, some unusual manifestations, but you know what? Everything was done decently and in order. No one drew attention to themselves. But anyway, on this, about the second to last night, I was with the group on the platform, and um, she was still sharing some things and getting ready to wrap up, and, and people were just, things were happening. People were getting healed. Uh, and so all I remember is standing there, and suddenly my knees gave way, and I collapsed to a sitting position on the platform. And I got so saturated. I had never experienced anything like it in my life. I was gone. Literally gone. And, you know, when the, when the presence of God comes on people, it, everyone responds differently. You know, it's like getting shocked. Some people will go, oh, ow. Or some will go, you know, everyone responds differently. For me, I zone. I like zone. Uh, my husband says that I remind him of his old college roommates when they were high. <laughs> my eyes are open, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm not there. I can remember, I can still remember sitting on the platform, just sitting there. And it was going wild out here. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> I got so, that had never happened to me before. I got so saturated. 
for the rest of the service, I sat there. At the end of the service, they dismissed, and I remember two ushers came and helped me get up, walked me down the center aisle, helped me get in the car. We went back to our hotel. I can remember uh, Pastor Mark helping me get dressed for bed. I got in bed, and I can remember through the night waking up and rolling over, and that presence was still on me. Had never experienced it. But that encounter, that encounter again changed my life. I know what it's like to be so full of God that everywhere you go, you overflow because you're saturated with this presence. I know what it's like to operate on full, not on E. Saturation. But it started with an encounter and then a supernatural impartation from the Spirit of God. So why are divine encounters so important? Because of what's imparted. We don't seek encounters, we seek Him. But in those encounters, let me just tell you, vision is made clear. Direction comes. Protection comes. There'll be a direct effect on our physical body. And lives can be turned around and set on the right course. One encounter. One encounter. We don't have to wait for a visitation from an angel. We don't have to wait for a a visitation from Jesus himself. Can't count on that. But I'll tell you what we have his word and the power of prayer, which ushers us into his presence, changes us. We encounter his presence. His presence changes everything. Changes everything. So that's where the encounters will take place. And we will receive exactly what we need to run our race and finish our course with joy. Amen. Amen. I think we should, unless you have something at some point, Brenda, let's stand up and let's just, let's pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. Could you go to the keyboard? Thank God for anointed musicians. Wow. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you. We thank you for your presence, Father. Go. We hunger. We thirst after you. You said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after you, for they'll be filled. Father God, we thank you that in this meeting, even this morning, there are hearts crying out, I need direction. I need to know what to do about this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You said, call on you and you would show us. You would show us, for you are the God that shows us. So, Father, we call on you. So, we're just going to worship you. We're just going to praise you. We're just going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Fine-tune our hearing. And we thank you, Lord, for encounters and impartations by the Spirit of God.